I, I maybe I did play at least a little bit too much. Oh, Judas Priest! <laughs> you won't hear us playing Judas Priest, but you will be hearing an entertaining sports show with myself, Frank, and David the Man of God Harris on WSUT's After Further Review, airing Saturdays 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. and throughout the week with our replay 6 a.m. to 8 a.m. on Toledo's only alternative in your on-campus radio station, 88.3 WXUT. Oh, Judas Priest! <laughs> Welcome back to 88.3 WQT's After Further Review. We got David the Man of God Harris on the phone lines. And what we'll do first, uh, he forgot his mock draft, so we'll do that last. But, Frank, people are probably interested to know, what rule changes are we going to have up there in Misha mm-hmm. or the Mitten? Um, one rule change, I and I never understood this, why you didn't do it like Ohio, is something to deal with basketball. Maybe start off with that one, but I, we'll elaborate that. What's the rule change for basketball? Well... Of course, first off, they just had uh, the winter meetings from with the representative council. Oh, and a lot of these uh, changes are going to take place. Uh, some of them starting with spring sports and their tournaments in May, and also the rest of them in the 2022-2023 school year. So starting with basketball, this is what it says on the website. The council approved a basketball committee proposal that will allow, beginning with the 22-23 season, high school basketball teams to play up to 22 regular season games at every level. Varsity, JV, freshman. The maximum was previously 20 games. And this brings schools in line with what's allowed in most other Midwest states, like Ohio and Indiana. Mm-hmm. Uh, Additionally, as a part of that proposal, mandatory preseason practice was reduced by one week, allowing teams to begin playing after 14 days instead of 21. Now, what that probably means is the season is going to start a week earlier than than normal. You get two games in that week. Yeah, there's your 22. Yeah. Plus, less preseason is better. I I never understood. We get five uh, practice. You can do five scrimmages. Or you can do four scrimmages in a preview. And I, sometimes I think that's just a little bit too much. But yeah, I think well, what we did at Bedford, we just had a. I just remember we just had a mega scrimmage. Mm-hmm. We hosted several schools. We play. Else we had the our freshmen and JV play in the the morning session. And you basically rotated as to who you played. We play Allen Park, S- Monroe SMCC. Uh, Ida, Onstead, invited a bunch of schools. Some of them they did. Some they said, okay, we won't play. If you play in the same conference, we won't have you play each other. Her, so I think we're probably going to be doing that again. And we actually hosted it on the uh, Friday after Thanksgiving, which I know Dave is going to have something to say about that day this year coming up later. Mm-hmm. That's called a tease. Mm-hmm. So you guys just do the mega scrimmage around teams around the area. So Ida being this too? Well, they, they were last year. Mm-hmm. It's mostly just coaches that that Jordan knows pretty well. So I mean, he I doesn't think, know Jared. Oh well, yeah. Obviously, oh. Jared comes in. He's a, <laughs> he's a given. Okay. And then as for how our schedule's going to shake out, I mean, I don't really know where our additional games would come from if they would be. The additional crossover games from the SEC White Division, or if we'd go outside of conference. I mean, I would, 
My hope is schedule a home and home with Ida. Why is that? Well, I well Jared's got four starters coming back mm-hmm. back next season, mm-hmm. so they're gonna be pretty good. They did get to the uh, regional semis, right? Yeah, they they won a district last year. Here, did I they think. win the conference? No, aren't they in the LCAA or something? Yeah, like Onstead won that. Okay, so how did Onstead? Onstead. Uh, Who do they play? They play St. Francis. And the MLK Classic, right? Yes, they did, and they actually beat St. Francis. Well, St. Francis wasn't very good. <laughs> they didn't win their first game until late January. Yeah, but Onstead ended up losing the regional semifinals to Williamston, which mm-hmm. I guess it isn't all bad because Williamston won the state championship in D2. In D2, yeah. Yeah, so, and plus Onstead's got uh, Aiden Davis, who's the younger brother of Austin Davis, this was being looked at by multiple Big Ten schools. Mm. So they didn't. They came in second in the conference, then, right? No, Onstead won the conference. Right, but where did, where did Ida? Ida would have. I want to say Ida was like second, third, or fourth, somewhere around there. I don't. Really, I don't have the standings in front of me. And then they kind of picked it up in tournament and got to the regional semi. Well, they they start they started off losing like like six or seven in a row. Dang, losing six or seven in well, a they, row. Well, they had been. Well, they had been battling injuries and illness. Um, Carter Dietrich, their center, was slowly coming back from a knee injury, so he wasn't healthy. Mm-hmm. And they had a couple others who had been battling illness and injury. So, mm-hmm. okay. but once they got everybody healthy, is when they really turned it on. Okay, nice. Well, it's, it's how you end, not how you begin. Oh yeah, yeah. So it'll be it'll be interesting to see how. How things go? Is anyone complaining about extra two games? Because I always ask my buddy Mo, who was a Bedford graduate, who used to coach at Bedford with Bill Ryan when he did boys and girls. Because remember, girls used to be in the fall in Michigan years ago. Oh yeah, so I do Bill, remember those so days. Bill Ryan would coach both, and um, I, he was like, "You guys do twenty-two games. Why do you do twenty-two games? I'm thinking you only do twenty. I mean, let's get with the times here. Twenty-two games is the standard now. Back in the day, it was only twenty, but yeah." Um, but yeah, I always wonder why you guys never did 22 games, but I thought maybe it was because of football or, you know, different fall sports might be longer or whatever. So, yeah, mm. cause I think, I think now what it's going to be, Hey, cause girls use girls typically starts a week before boys. So that means girls can start the week of Thanksgiving thing now, and then boys will start the week after Thanksgiving. Kind of how we do it. Boy, girls start a week before the boys, obviously. Um, girls don't have to deal with football season, so yeah. I mean, because because vo- volleyball season for girls is ends the well, that, fall. That's fall. Okay, volleyball for fall. Okay. Yeah, because vo- that ends uh, the weekend prior to Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. I think so it might be jumping right in. So hopefully, we, uh, if you're at a school who's a volleyball powerhouse, your season. As soon as that season ends and you got girls who are playing basketball, bang, you're on the court. That happens with, you know, Anthony Wayne's girls team. They had they were mostly soccer players, and they went to the state Final Four for soccer and was bang right into it. And that's why they had to move our game about a week or two because we were supposed to play them, I think, the first game of the season and ended up playing them like the third. So in terms of scheduling, Jared Jansen says, St. Francis asked us to play, but we'll probably go to a showcase event at North Farmington. Mm-hmm. Okay. okay, I think... Is that Jared? That wouldn't be the Motor City Round Ball Classic, because I think North I think North Farmington has played in that a couple of times, if I remember right. Mm-hmm. And they're hoping to pick up Erie Mason again, bring back the rivalry. Who the rivalry of who? Ida and Erie Mason. That's a rivalry. 
It was it was back when they were in the same conference. Where's the Erie Mason at now? They're in the Tri County Conference. Okay, and, and that's they beats B Skaggs is over there. Rabbit. Yeah, his dad Calvin's the coach. They and they ended up losing a heartbreaker in the regional final against E Course. Ooh, so they could have went to state final four. Was it the quarterfinals? Uh, they could. Well, seeing how E Course did in the uh, in the quarterfinal, it leads me to think. Okay. Erie Mason could have easily made it to the Final Four had they beaten Ecorse because Ecorse basically wiped the floor with Bath. <laughs> wiped the floor. And I see Jared said St. Francis asked to play them, but he's going to go to a showcase. Yeah. That's not bad. Hey, showcase. You said it's up in Detroit? Yeah. I th- I, it might, Jared, you may have to confirm this for me. I think that might. Because I know they have the Motor City Round Ball Classic. It's not. It's not the Round Ball. North Farmington coach has come to his golf outing, is what he's saying. So okay, uh, thanks okay. for clearing that up. Okay. Yeah, because there, there's a lot of team. There's some teams from the area that'll go play in the Motor City Round Ball. I know Blissfield's girls team ended up playing in that. And where's uh, that played at? It's in Detroit at the where at? Uh, I think they play. One year I went to it. They played it up in Ferndale. Okay. I, I will be. I will tell you this in Michigan. I am amazed by your your stadiums. They're huge. Their gymnasiums are huge. Like you know, here we got decent sized ones. But when you go around the state of Ohio, there's a lot of gymnasiums that are crackerjack boxes. Well, there's a, there's a couple up in Michigan as well. Like where I have never seen them. Like you guys have I've the, the stands I, just come right out. Like, uh, like have you have you rows. been in, have you been in Whiteford's gym? <laughs> Oh, I've seen Whiteford's gym. That, that, that's, that's a decent. That, that's a decent. I'm telling you, there's some gyms in in Ohio that are smaller than that. Uh, you have you have you obviously haven't seen the inside of Brother G. Brother G. No, Brother Gerontius Memorial Gymnasium, where this the house another, that Ray Lowers built. And how old is this school? This is another, this is Monroe St. Mary's Catholic Central. I've been there. Remember, we played the girls' team there. Oh uh, yeah, you. So you two should years re- ago. Yeah, you should remember how small that gym was. Yeah, that wasn't small either. That it was a decent. Too small. It's a decent sized gym, like a nice, there good, is. full court, wide. I'm talking about like. Cracker Jack box where the three point line almost goes out of bounds. Like you got to be on your toes to shoot the dang shot because before, <laughs> oh, back oh, in the day, okay, yeah. like uh, that. I mean, I think that's basically like some uh, the uh, the Catholic elementary school gym, right? You know, but I, most of the gyms that I see in Michigan, you guys have a di- nice gyms compared to some of the stuff here in Ohio. <laughs> so. Now, that's something that's going to be interesting to see. I'm looking forward to how it's going to go. Right. Also, oh, it says that there was a proposal by the classification committee that got approved that will result in postseason divisions more reflective of the number of schools actively sponsoring teams for the season. It was previously assigned by taking the number of teams playing a sport and dividing equally by the number of team championships awarded, like foreign baseball and softball or basketball. Previously, by the time season started, the small school divisions in many sports ended up with fewer teams than the large school divisions because several small schools would declare their playing team during the classification process, and then they said, yeah, yeah, we ain't got enough guys, so mm-hmm. sorry. So now this means schools have indicated that they will sponsor sport but haven't participated in that sport as a team or with individual qualifiers over the previous two years will be removed from the classification process before the divisions are determined. Those schools that have been removed must then notify the MHSA that they have an active team before being added back into the tournament. Some changes for the spring stuff. For 
track and field, they're actually allowing opportunities for wheelchair athletes. So regional and final meets will include events for wheelchair participants, the 100, 200, 400-meter races, and the shot put. That's something I've never gotten to see, so I think that's going to be kind of cool to what they're allowing them to do. And also they're allowing postseason Paralympic opportunities and swimming with a 100-yard freestyle heat to the 50-yard freestyle heat that's been offered since 2020. Baseball and softball, here's a change that I I think is going to be good, and that's they're allowing sports to allow district first-round games to be played during the week before Memorial Day. Mm-hmm. So now, because what it was, you'd play up until Memorial Day weekend, usually that Saturday might be uh, a three-way round robin, because the last couple of years I've been at Blissfield. You know, Blissfield's always played like Algonac or or Bay City, John Glenn, and then last year they played Bedford and Algonac. Mm -hmm. They have three games in one day. Everybody plays each other once. So it was a fun deal. So now what they're going to do is baseball can play first-round games that previous Thursday, Friday, or Saturday, and softball may play that previous Thursday and Friday beginning this season. All first-round games are previously played Tuesday after and I think that's to alleviate the pitch count concerns in baseball mm-hmm. and allowing schedule flexibility for athletes who, at small schools, do both baseball and track and field. It'll allow them to participate in most so they don't have to skip out. Right. That's a really good move. And let's see. Enrollment cap for co-op hockey programs. And that's not too much of an interest for me. I'm not, I don't really follow high school hockey that much. Mm-hmm. Classification committee also had a proposal approved that will allow football teams to opt up in division after the annual release of classifications for the upcoming season in late March, early April. Mm-hmm. Football teams may opt up one division with the with executive committee approval and must show reason and rationale for their request. All football opt-ups will be for a minimum of two years, and the executive committee will consider those opt-up requests at only its April and May meetings. So... What that means, and I actually had a chat with uh, Chris Schultz and Gary Hoff, my cohorts at Friday Night Victors, about this because Detroit King mm. has been moved down to Division Four because oh, okay. they had a little bit of a drop in enrollment. So you guys do enrollment the same time Ohio does because they're going to they're they some of the numbers have kind of slipped out and so but the, it doesn't become official until June. So there's going to be some teams going up and down. Some people think Central Catholic might go down to Division Three now. They have competitive balance, too, that they kind of figure in there. So if you're a Catholic school, I think for every kid counts as two or something like that. Oh. So you can they bump up because some schools are technically by numbers, Division two, but they bump up to Division one because of competitive balance. So, But here's the thing, though. This model might have to change. I don't know if Michigan does this, but if you're dominating, like Akron St. Vincent St. Mary's basketball is dominating D2. They want another D2's title. I think it's I think it's time for them to move up to Division One. But here's the here's the problem, and maybe I don't know if it's about football, but basketball. Can we really go by these numbers anymore? Because nowadays you've got kids that play on an AAU team and just transfer to a school. And, it, and obviously in our state, only two kids can play together. But, you know, there'll be two kids on one AAU team. They get on there and then they, they could be from the same AAU organization where there's two teams for each age group. Well, now you got four kids and then you put them together. You start to dominate. I mean, 
Richmond Heights, some people said, was not fair in D4 for basketball. It was really a Division One team. And they played a Division One schedule, and they beat some teams, and they hung with them. So I think in Michigan, is this the same thing? There has to be a change here with the numbers. It has to be. Yeah, I think maybe for football it works because you need numbers to really for depth, but for basketball, you know, let's face it, like Central Catholic, are they really a D two, D three school? Mm, I mean, you probably a little bit more familiar with that than I am. Yeah, I mean, once we get into the Detroit Catholic High School League, they're going to be able to compete with. Yeah, with your D, with DCC mm, Warren D LaSalle. Right, right. I mean, they only have two hundred nineteen boys in the building. Yeah. Ooh boy! Yeah, so how are they competing like that? And you only have that many kids. Something, something's not adding up. Yeah, Jared does chime in. Says Michigan needs about five to six divisions for basketball. Five to six? Why so many? Probably. <laughs> Why I, so uh, many? Pro. I mean, Jared. I think you might want to elaborate on this, but if I, some people are saying Ohio needs less mm-hmm. because they just it, it, it's some of them people say less because then. Kind of can push up the teams that need to be in the right division, I guess. I mean, some people want the Indiana model, maybe the, the small town teams or whatever can get through it. But if you put too many divisions, like for instance, I know some of you Michigan people have talked to me about this the sectional championships. People that live out of state, Michigan, Indiana, think it's a joke because you win one game and you're a champion. Now, OSHA, I don't think, really recognizes it. They don't even give a trophy for it anymore. But you can cut down the nets and say you're sectional champs, you wave the net. But some people in other states think that's dumb because you don't. You only win one game. Now, back in the day when we had less divisions and when it was clear cut, like when this city was bigger, almost everyone was in Division One. So when we did the state playoffs, you had to win two or three games to be a sectional champ. But now that the city's, you know, Population's dwindling, and now teams are kind of moving down every year. It's shallowing the pool almost to the point now we have to have a super district in Division One, where now it's even including teams that are in Lima. Because mm-hmm. back in the day, we had so many teams in this area that Perrysburg wasn't even in this district. They had to go down south, down with the, with the Lima team. So yeah, because I because I actually remember a few years ago I was at that uh, Lima Senior St. John's game that was played at Savage. Yeah, but that well. That might have been the regional, though. No, that was no, no. That was, was the district? district because oh, uh, yeah, yeah. They play because then they played. I forget, I forget who it was. They played somebody in the regional semifinals because I think they did the semifinal at Savage, and then I think they were going to do the regional championship at the Jar. Yeah, they do that they, every other year. They switch. Yeah, people didn't think we were getting a fair advantage that every year. The regional was at Toledo because back in the day, a lot of teams played at Savage a lot, so they thought they were getting a home court advantage so the eastern teams wanted it at least to be one game at the jar yeah which is like a two and a half hour drive yeah that's a hike yeah so that's why i think that that's i think some people say should be less divisions because i think if you start to be more divisions what does that really help well i jared i think six six divisions i think jared would have to to clarify this but i think what he's getting at is because division one you get some schools that got over 2,000 students, and then you get others like Bedford, which has got around 1,400. Because the, the cap for the cap, the lower limit for D1 is, I don't, have it, I don't have it in front of me, but I think it's like somewhere around 900. Mm-hmm. I'm just, that's a ballpark guess. So, the, and then, Bedford and then has 1,400 boys? No, 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 students total. 
also goes by total students. It doesn't go by just boys. You know, there's boys and girls sports. So you got to go by how many boys for boys sports. Well, I think they, girls. I think they do that because there are, because there are some schools that'll be like, for example, this past season, Trenton. They were Division Two for boys, but Division One for girls. Okay. Yeah. Because I had, I actually had a chat with. Uh, Friend of mine at Ida, Todd Kapling, is an assistant coach for their girls' basketball team. Oh, what division are they in, girls' basketball? Ida is in Division Two, and he said they're the smallest girls' team. They're not in. I asked him if they're. You're not small enough to be in D three. Says they're at the cutoff by the nose, and Jared is actually ten students away from being in D three for boys. Wow, ten students. So I don't, and I think Ohio. Might sometimes, if you're that close by the line, they might try to evaluate how good you've been in that division, and then say, okay, if they haven't really been competing in D two, we'll put them to D three. I mean, ten boys. I mean, if you got to understand how many of those kids are really playing sports, you're factoring kids that don't really play sports. That's what yeah. that, why a lot of people don't like the numbers game. Obviously, some people say, well, you get more kids to choose from for your sports, but now that kids are specializing in sports. Can you really go by the average number of kids in the school? Yeah, I get that. And then the uh, and then kind of going with uh, uh, where teams are going for football. I know, like I said, King wants to opt up to D three, which is where they were at last year, because mm-hmm. now they're in D four. And then Division seven in football has got a couple changes. Hudson, who was mm-hmm. the defending champ in Division eight, they're now up in Division seven. So they're pro, and of course that means they're base. They could end up in the same district as either a Jackson Lumen Christie, who's mm-hmm. blue blood, or possibly Monroe St. Mary's Catholic Central. Well, I was actually talking with a couple of folks from SMCC about this. I said, "Is it possible that you guys end up in a district with Lumen Christie, Hudson, and Jonesville, who's down in Division Seven, and they're not too bad either?" That happens. Woof. <laughs> so that'll, that's something that's going to be interesting to see. The, and plus, if you do opt up, you got to stay for two years. You can't just opt up for a year and be like, yeah, I don't like this. We're going down. Mm-hmm. So we'll see what happens there. And also, from an official standpoint, they also approved a number of increased benefits for game re- for registered game officials. Raises in postseason game fees. That's a good move, especially since they pay. They actually pay you by mileage because mm-hmm. I found that when I was working a playoff game at Hudson this past fall. And they're also providing membership in the National Association of Sports Officials, which will provide expanded liability insurance plus additional resources and professional services for all registered officials. There's a change in the registration process and fees that will automatically provide each official registration in two sports. All three changes were proposed by the Audit and Finance Committee. And then also a rule change allowing the use of school transportation over the summer. Mm-hmm. I guess that's if, like, for summer basketball, you can take a bus if you're going to, like, a camp over on the west side of Michigan. And, or if you're going further up north, because I, I know some teams will go to camps at Grand Valley or at um, Calvin or... Mm-hmm. Lake Michigan College, or some will even go up to Central Michigan. And at Bedford, we we usually stay pretty local. We'll go to we might go to the Siena Heights shootout because that's within reasonable driving distance. Mm-hmm. Nice. 
The only problem is there is no air conditioning in Siena Heights' gym, and it's hotter than hell in there. Really? Do you even see the devil sitting in there? <laughs> I think even the devil would complain about it being too hot. Is it a one-day event? Uh, they usually go like multiple week, two weekends, ends a year out of the, in the summertime. So we'll we'll go on like a Friday and Saturday, get like four games in, mm-hmm. and then the, we also do the um, some event at Lord's College or Lord's University. I, I just remember being Lord's College back in the day. Yeah, yeah. Anything <laughs> else? We got David here on the phone lines. David. Or did David hang up? Yep, I'm here. Oh, oh okay. So what you got coming up next is is a uh, he winds down. You got the World Cup, huh? Got the World Cup draw finally. Even though it's not November, people are already putting the cart before the horse, thinking that you know we're going to do something. So some root rhyming reason for all of those that care about soccer, and then the official mock draft 2.0 ready to be unveiled with just. The NFL draft right around the corner. When is the NFL draft? I totally forgot. <laughs> I believe it's happening later this month. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. I know. I know. Make sure you yeah. check us out on 88.3 WTs after further review uh, with SoundCloud and iTunes. Got a picture of Frank Bashner in the horse's head. Frank, thanks so much for the Michigan uh, rule changes and the updates. It'll be pretty cool to see you guys play 22 games, uh, finally catching up with the times. Um, and also, uh, we'll have David the Man of God Harris in his thoughts on soccer, or as some people call it, football. Um, see the pairings. Remember, USA didn't qualify in 2018, so they're back again into this, and we'll see what happens. I know some of you will be excited. Well, people actually watch the men's soccer team, though, especially since it's going to be at a different time of year. Hmm. We'll let David get into that next. Yeah, that's called a tease. Good, good job, Frank. After seven years, you got it. Finally, got it. We'll be back after this. <laughs> 